You've tuned in to a four-headed sausage production. Don't touch that dial. Stay tuned in because your favorite program is coming up next. Welcome to the My Mind podcast. We've got a very, very special episode today. We've got one of my uh, good friends from, oh, it almost feels like another life. And it is uh, the the one and only Mr. James Kurgan or Chef James Kurgan. Hey, <laughs> Chef. How are you going, mate? I'm very good. And, well, I, I really want to... I really want to express that this guy, and look, I don't mean to sound like, um, you know, um, brown and nosing you, but there was a time when I was in my young teens where I didn't have much ambition. And this guy was the guy that said to me, look, you can do more than wash dishes. And from then on, it, it, he, he forged the mentorship from there and he really shaped the person and the chef that I became in later years. And I just want to, you know, to, even though I'm sure you already knew it, but, you know, if it's on a public airway, then more people know it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Hey, I really appreciate what you did. Right. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Like, uh, what can I say? You... I said we're going this way and you followed. That's <laughs> that's leadership, mate. That's all you can do. You, you, you say, we've got to go this way, who's with me, and, you know, the good ones come with you. It is. And it's, you know, and it's hard to find a good solid crew in oh, yeah. our industry. You know we, what I mean? Like had, so many flakes. Mm. Oh, yeah, we God. did. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and it, was, it was a record for me, I think, in any kitchen I've ever worked in that team. It's two years, over two years that team stayed together, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, at Olamset. Yeah. It was uh, It was good. And like front of house, like we had it as well. Like I won't yeah. like name drop like everybody because there was a lot of lot of cogs in the system. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. we did have, I won't mention him. I won't say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. We did have yep. the one food and beverage manager, which was a bit dicey. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's dicey as a word. <laughs> <laughs> he was unique. It, yeah, if you yeah. know us, then you know who we're talking about. We're not going to yeah. name shame. Look, not, that's not what this is about. But he got as far as he did because he was hard not to love. Yeah, he was. He yeah. was like he was like Humphrey B. Bear man, eh? Oh, a lot of haters, but a lot of lovers. Yeah, look, I, I was I was both. I was one of his biggest haters and biggest lovers. You know, yeah. like I was pretty vocal about my complaints, but I never. Yeah, you never. It was never hostile. We were always talking by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. 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 So before we like kick off too much, do you want to say to you know the wonderful my mind audience just a little bit, a little bit about a little bit about uh, James Kurgan? Oh wow. Um, well, just in a nutshell, tiny. Hi, my mind audience. Um... This is very weird uh, at the moment. I'm, I'm usually the audience. Um, and I've been listening. I've been listening to a few podcasts. I haven't, uh, as not as many as I'd like, but that's just life. Um, yeah, you, hey, you look, got, I appreciate, I appreciate doing, it. You're doing a great job, mate. Um, mate, I was born, I grew up, and um, now I'm here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a short story, really. Um, uh, 
I'll, Do you want me to pro? I'll prod you if you want. Yeah, prod away if you like. But I'll, I'll just briefly look. I'm a, a chef of over 25 years now, um, I think, 20 plus years. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> so I, it's we're, we're the crazy people. Where uh, when I was an apprentice, I remember Dad asked me, and I said, "It's like working on a pirate ship, but we don't kill people." Mutiny is that you're always there's always a mutiny. There's always a mutiny brewing out the back. Yeah, there's mutiny, and there's always someone trying to parlay. There's someone trying to parlay new spaghetti. Parlay a chef to another chef, man. That's a good. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best analogy I can come up with, and 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 it's it's a it's a tight crew. You know, there's a reason it's called crew. You know, it's um, <laughs> you have to be tight, and you end up forming bonds that are just um, yeah, solid because you go through difficulty together a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot of stress. And, and you yeah. take on each other's stress, you know, in yes. the smallest ways, you know. Oh, yeah. It's oh. amazing how one person's bad day can ruin an entire kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> chef, you never. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, what was that, mate? I said, Chef, you never had them. I, I did. Oh, I did. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all had them. We all had them. No, we all did. We all did. Um, I particularly but... remember the uh, core takeover. And there was many, many, many stressful days as a call. Oh, talk about mutiny there. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like the uh, have you ever seen the, the Monty Python uh, meaning of life and had a sketch of the uh, the, the, the old uh, geez, what was it? It was a financial company that they you know, and the whole building takes off and, and turn into a pirate ship. <laughs> you know, it was like. <laughs> They just that was it was it was like that world the the corporate world you know the, our our little team were trying to you know, <laughs> stick together while the corporate world was trying to make us all into clones and it uh, was yeah it was yeah. <laughs> oh. it's interesting to bring clones into it but I do know what you're saying it was yeah. because I'd only worked for small business and essentially like Olums even though it was you know part branding it was still a solitary business, you know, like it did kind of feel like that small tight knit family community. Well, it was Jerry Schwartz made it that way. He had that family business mentality, um, it, but on a large scale. He owned. Yeah. Yeah. Big wheels. So Cause much. it was a big, small business. It was a big, small business. And I don't know if you ever went to the Christmas parties he had. Um, <laughs> no, I never got an invite. Oh. Like I didn't, have, I didn't have any stripes in my jacket to get invited. I'll be honest. <laughs> Mate, oof, he was um, big, big parties, and he put it on. Man, he was a very, he's a very interesting dude. <laughs> Jer- Jerry Schwartz, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to name drop him as well. Jerry Schwartz, if you're listening to this, you know we got a lot of love for you, but yeah, you're do. an eccentric dude, man. Let's give him, <laughs> give him all the respect he's due. It's Doctor, Doctor Jerry Schwartz. Uh, um, my apologies. And, uh, one of his one of his greatest contributions to Australia is the Schwartz Brewing Company. Uh, yes. shout, shout out to you boys! Now the Sydney Brewery. Sydney Brewery. Yeah. Yeah. I used to. I worked at um, the one of his establishments in the in the Crown Plaza after I, I left Canberra. Oh wow! And one of our one of our friends um, who rhymes with Kaz got got me like the interview out there and got me the job. Oh. And, 
they sang Raz, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, shout out to Raz. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, a legend. If you ever hear that, man, oh, like, yeah. Mate, I still your phone number in my phone. I saw it the other day. I might hit you up one day. Yeah, he's uh, he's married now. Um, and, oh, that's all I know about him. Yeah. I, I don't see him much now, eh, because, you know, the yeah. current economical crisis or whatever. <laughs> but, but we're not here to talk about that. I'm not here to talk about that. But um, yeah, he was just as eccentric out in the um, out in the Hunter Valley, eh? Like he had like the you talk a bit. There's like rich, and then there's like Dr. Jerry Schwartz rich. Yeah, what yeah. I mean, like <laughs> it, I, w- I would have carousel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Shane if you're listening. Um, another great yeah. guy, uh, legend. Who spent how many years building that carousel with no instructions? Really came, <laughs> came from came from he shipped it from wherever, um, in, in and, and there was no instructions. The whoever the other they just took it apart, put it in boxes, and shipped it to him. And they said, "Shane, put this together." Oh, <laughs> mate, the story Man, he told me it was incredible. I used to drive past that carousel, and I always wondered the origin of how this carousel got there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. He's a character, man. But you know, it's, one of the good ones. He is. He was. He was. It still is. You know. Oh yeah. Um, it's crazy to think that you know, from we came, you know, working together in um a, a small, an even smaller establishment. This is how like James and I met. Was yeah. um was like a part time. I was like extremely part time. <laughs> like, yeah extremely casual bartender at this place in Canberra and he, he just signed on as the, the head chef there and I remember the first time I met him I met him indirectly I was outside in the smoking area and I was telling like a joke to a couple of friends of like this well-known comedian Dave Chappelle I basically reenacted the whole thing because I was so let's just say off the planet <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember I remember exactly I was, where <laughs> And I was, you know, you know, saying it joke for joke because I'm not an original dude. I love Dave Chappelle and I love Dave Chappelle's comedy. And, you know, all like it's, you know, like my friend and the, the other waitress or waiter there, they, they were laughing. And then like I just seen that snicker and I was like, you know, I don't know you, but you're laughing at me. So we're going to be friends one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember, oh. uh, yeah, man, you, 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 we watched a bit of Dave Chappelle with you and it, uh, in, in Canberra when you were flattened. Um, geez, where was yeah. it? Not far from the... uh, uh, Ainsley. Ainsley, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the whole of... Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, <make it> the best. <laughs> Mate, uh, you, you, you introduced me to Dave Chappelle. Um, oh, no. Oh, yeah. That was the first, the first I heard of Dave Chappelle was you telling a Dave Chappelle joke. Uh, well, man. Yeah. I hope I opened your eyes because you got me oh, on month done, so it's tit for tat shit. Oh well, mate. I'm sure we could have this conversation all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, the, the Dave Chappelle, yeah, the yeah, the master, absolutely. He's the king. Yeah, he's the king of comedy, man. Eh? Like there's, there's, you know, there's like Eddie Murphy when he was young. Like he's got to be up there for what yeah, he did when sure. he was young. Absolutely. And like Chris yeah. Rock early on for sure. Yeah. But Dave Chappelle, he's another yeah. level. Like yeah. it's comedy. Even yeah. when so big for the stereotype stuff, he just platformed on that, and now it's now his humor is more observational. Like it's less about the stereotypes, and it's still gold. Yeah, he's he's, he's current. He's you know the, the the cream always floats to the top in 
uh, each generation, and you can't really compare them. But um, you know, different times, different cultural norms. It is. And, it's a and, different. Yeah. And comedians are often, you know, breaking uh, barriers, you know, in, in in that culture. So you know, <laughs> we yeah. laugh at it now, but thirty years ago, something was hilarious because it was taboo. But, uh, yeah, Dave, no, Dave, that's right. uh, uh, and the way that he can just walk that line, you know, get that <laughs> subject, he'll take you, he takes you over the line with him, he just drags you over the line with him. <laughs> He's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, without talking too much about Dave Chappelle's comedy, I think like the, the thing that really drew me, and I don't know if you said, I think we watched it, I think I showed it to you, is like the, the famous sketch. So one of the ones that he's like most famous for is he plays. Um, a white supremacist <laughs> who's a blind black man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about like walking that line, like that was yeah. thin and yeah. that was. <laughs> oh, that was a razor's edge, that line. He walked it. He walked it. He walked it, man. He walked is... it all the way from the Dixon line and onwards. <laughs> yeah, which is why he's the goat. He is the goat at the moment. He is, yeah. he is. And I think he'll remain there, eh? Like, oh, he'll be he there is, for a while. He is a legend. Yeah. Even like COVID could stop. Well, and you know his, yeah, his response to 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 the what's going on in the world now has just been brilliant too. You know, he's he's um and he's aware of something that's uh, I mentioned to you earlier, which has been bothering the hell out of me, watching the 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 polarization in society. You know, and he's yeah, he's got that kindness which is missing, and I've noticed missing in. You know, notice I'm missing myself often nowadays too. But, you know. Ah, chef. Ah, oh, you got it. No, no, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you pull your head back in. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. But he's he's wise as well as funny. That's he's, it's a rare combination. It um, is. It is because you can be like overkind, and it comes across as I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially in this day and age where. You know, human interaction is what we all, as people, we're not getting too philosophical about it. It's like we, it's what we all crave. You know, having these, like even you and me talking here. This isn't, you know, we would rather do this at the pub. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like as people, like we crave that interaction and that acknowledgement of wanting people to engage with us and interact with us. It's part of the human experience, yeah. and having it all virtual these days really hollows the experience. Uh, for me, it's really highlighted how much of human life is chemistry. Um, like, lit- oh, not literally in the scientific definition of the term, but the yeah, the personal interactions. The you know, I've got a friend, Stevie G. I'm gonna shout him out. He's uh, <laughs> him and another friend, Peter, Peter, Peter C. Who we we'll should call. And myself <laughs> had this amazing experience, which was, you know, there was drinks involved and there was, you know, it was a, it was a party. We'll call it that. Yeah, yeah, off this world. <laughs> but the number of times, every single time we got together, week in, week out, there was a amazing chemistry between three very different people. And the chemistry, when that chemistry works, it works. And you can't, yeah. get, you can't get that electronically. Yeah, you can't. You can't manufacture that those experiences. No, like Joe Rogan talks about it on his podcast. You know, he, don't, he won't do Zoom calls, Skype podcasts because, and he's right. There's a there's something. Yeah, 
You know, there is something in person. If we were at the pub now, I mean, this is great conversation. That's all our conversations are. But when you yeah. put people in the room together, things can go oh, to amazing places. It is. <laughs> and and you, you do. You, you acknowledge other things that the other person sees. Like, man, that guy's like wearing a shirt that's too tight. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it brings the other dynamic of the conversation. Like, I can talk about stuff. And I got a banjo there. Yeah. But it doesn't mean the same thing if you can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not that good at orderly dudes. Yeah, orderly. The, even just the little, matter. even just the little, um, you know, the atmosphere, body language as well. You know, just the body language and reading people's, yeah, you know, features, the fine details around the eyes that you just, you know, it's it's all, it's all. Yeah, it's also complicated the human interaction, but but uh, it's, there's just that little dimension missing over the uh, over the internet, which would be interesting to see what that does to society. Actually, yeah, it is. It's it's interesting to see what what it is for five years down the track, even because I'm, be I know so angry. It is because I noticed it with my my son, and he won't want me to talk about it. But I noticed that our interactions are different when there's technology involved. Mm. compared to if we're going for a walk and we're out in the sun and he's kicking dirt, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. he's a different child yeah. to then when we're either watching a movie or when he's watching a YouTube or whatever, you know, like he's a different, he's a different person. It's like there's, there's two, there's two sides to him. There's like this great son who like wants to play outside and kick the dirt around. And then there's like almost a husk of a child. That's like getting <laughs> In the, in the the holographic world of, of YouTube or, or a movie, which is, you know, there's pros and cons because it happens to me. I get lost in a movie, lost in a show. But yeah, look, I get lost in the Xbox, and I'm a husk of a child when I'm lost in the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> might be the name of the show. We might call this one a husk of a child. Husk of a child. Yeah. Yeah. But what well, it does, once, it, once that thing takes your attention, you know, it's what's left of you. You know, it's all out there. You're all 100% into, like, um, I'm into Apex at the moment, if you're on the Xbox. Apex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I noticed it very much the other day. It's the sort of flow state that you can get into when you're, when you're just on a killing rampage, you know. No one can <laughs> stop me. I'm untouchable. You know, the first crack of a of a rifle and i'm six feet in the air sideways turning ready to shoot you know and my peripheral vision's engaged and i'm 100 percent in that game and then you know you're like oh all right okay you know <laughs> and then you know you have the other game where you're just freaking out like ah, i don't know why you know, just get destroyed um but you're not in that flow Man. state when you're in that flow state you're you're in the game it's but, something uh, else isn't it oh yeah Oh, yeah. Because it's completely I, submerged in the game, I can't wait for VR, uh, like to really take, to really take off and be good. Yeah, well, because that's the one, the one thing that Xbox didn't want to touch. You know, Microsoft said when when PlayStation brought out their VR, they said, "Oh, we're not going to touch it until the the science is right, or the well, technology is right." Yeah, probably smart. Which is, well, I think so. I think um, PlayStation not and look. If Sony were going to sponsor this show, I'd say PS5 is better. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not. So I think they bit off way more than they can chew when they decided to do VR. Yeah. I think it was just it was a too ambitious project for something that came out in 2017, I want to say. Yeah. Thereabouts. 
know. But yeah, we need the early too- adopters. That's, I was, you know, some, someone's got to do it. Um, well, that's someone, right. Someone's yeah. got to be the beta, beta max, and you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And well, who's going to be VCR? Yeah, well, that's it. You know, who's going to give us the second-rate product that's fifty percent cheaper? Do you remember this? Or you know, because you're—I'm not going to say you're much older than me, but you are older than me. But I am much. Do you older remember? Than me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that turn in life where VHS was so big? And I'm probably—I'm sure you could almost—you know—you you could speak to the like, like you're saying that the tapes going to CDs, but like from what I remember when I was younger, the turn of like into the 2000s, like 99, 2000 from going from VHS to DVD just felt like this massive, like technological explosion. It was a big shift. Yeah. It was huge. I remember when I first seen the matrix, this is going back 99 kitties (laughs) (laughs) matrix and what they brought to the DVD experience. It that was like the start of like the future for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the future kind of crept up on me. I, I was, I'm a Gen Xer. I, I'm, I'm uh, nearly 50, closer to 50 than 40. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I saw, I've seen it all. I mean, I didn't see television arrive, but um, I saw color television arrive in our house. Um, yeah. And then, you know, long time later, VHS came and then not quite as long later the DVD happened and then and not not, not, not not as long later, you know, so the, 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 the time period between changes is getting shorter. And so, you know, we're starting to notice the change like right now, like iPhone one, when they were first iPhone, when that came out, you know, that was, that's another big one. Yeah, it um, is. It is. That changed the smartphone. Mm. It, it changed the world. Look at us! Really? Look, look at us here on our little smartphones talking to each other. Yeah, look, Google, if you're listening, because I know you are. Yeah, I have a Google. <laughs> I've got the Pixel, the Pixel Four, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I'm all about it because you know I feel like Google can stretch himself thin enough to sponsor the podcast. So okay. Like, <laughs> right, right. You know Google. I mean? Okay, sponsor the podcast, Google, please. And, uh, and I feel and, like and- they've got enough. They've got enough hands in the pots to go around. I feel like Apple might not. Apple? I'm not well, I don't know. I don't know. Google, Google, pull your finger out, mate. Come on. Yeah, come on. Don't say Google too much because my phone will do the assistant thing. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right. I, I like to do it to my daughter when I'm on the phone with her at her mum's place and I start requesting songs <laughs> over the phone. Yeah. Over the phone. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right. Like going on technology, like the, the, the transformation from the Xbox 360 or even like the first mm. generation Xbox, from the 360 to the one is quite significant. Mate, I had an Atari, you know. Like, wow. I, I, it's just, which, <laughs> you know, until recently. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 um, it's amazing. What's happening now is, you know, and, and like, I, like I said, once it, it's, once it hits VR, then once it hits VR, it might solve the technical problem I was talking about before of uh, yeah, the small detail interaction. Yeah. And, and then we'll really find out if it's chemistry. If we can have virtual reality where it is, a, they're photons of light in front of me that I cannot distinguish from the real person who's actually in Japan. Oh, man. And I can see every <laughs> single nuance of every single blink of every eyelash movement, everything. 
then we'll really know if there's anything chemical going on on the you know, how much the pheromones kick in or whatever you know um because yeah no uh, that's exactly right yeah uh, it's just it's, 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 i'm 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 loving the whole technology it's gonna possibly end in disaster but the whole technological revolution is <laughs> is just phenomenal. only if james cameron gets his way <laughs> if james cameron sticks his nose out of it we'll be all right i reckon yeah well look uh, elon musk is probably right we're gonna end up merging with the machine and that's you know what happens next is anyone's guess but yeah. that's a scare <laughs> rogue ai is something that does scare me like I feel like a, yeah. a rogue artificial intelligence that like, like a kind of, not to like get all comic booky, but like an Ultron idea. You know what I mean? Oh, like someone so creates cool. like a computer to protect, and then it becomes sentient. Mate, that like was, rogue AI, that scares me the most. It scares me too, mate. That that was comic book stuff only twenty years ago, and now yeah. it's it's um, now they're talking about hey should you know, should we be putting the like should the UN or should you know governments be putting legislation in place to, to restrict or govern that because they're just going for it they're, they're all going they for are it. they are because it's it's like it's the same with like internet um when they you know like internet hacking you know they had to bring in a whole legislation of laws to protect mm. people against it because there wasn't any laws about it well it's throughout and, history and it's going to be the, the same yeah it's, it's been the case that any new technology creates disruptions in the society but the rate of change now is so fast that society is uh, you know it's not keeping up real well it's no we're we're on the back of a golf cart hanging on with two fingers <laughs> like we're not <laughs> slipping yeah yeah we're, this is this is what are we jackass jackass five would it be we're currently in the middle of filming for jackass six or seven or something, whatever globally you know it's, it's just insane we um, are like like a you know get all philosophical again but it would be wild if you know the, this did turn out to be like the matrix you know how some people say oh it's all a simulation man it's all a simulation <laughs> it would be crazy to see the simulation in like a like you're watching the reruns of like seinfeld or it's oh. like a catch-up episode <laughs> like, oh, i know okay, in the 1960s you know? oh wow <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it from that way. Then that would be. That would be. Oh. Have you heard the simulation kind Mate, of talk? Totally well versed on the simulation theory, and not only that, I'm, 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 uh, recent events of. I'm a I'm an empiricist basically at heart. Like I, yeah. I everything I think about everything 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 that comes in gets processed through a filter of what's the percentage chance. So. Yeah. What was simulation theory being percentage chance in the point zeros somethings, <laughs> you know, 15, 20 years ago, whenever it was I heard about it, um, is now definitely a double digit percentage. What are you thinking, 30? <laughs> I'm thinking 20 to 30. 20 to 30. It's yeah. like 73, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I it's don't a know, man. The moment was the QAnon shaman in the uh, Capitol building in America. Uh, yeah. And that, that's when I just like, ran, the world is, okay, this is, okay, I'm going to have to start pay, paying attention. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, okay, I've been blissfully going about my business, but this, this is something significant happening. This is a, a, a revolution like, Gutenberg level revolution in society. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, it's it's getting. There's actually a an interesting uh, movie. It's not related at all, but it's somewhat related to the topic. It's it's a it's this little niche movie called Numb, and it stars Matthew Perry from Friends and uh, a couple other people. It came out in maybe two thousand and seven, I want to say, something like that. Yeah, and it was it's kind of one of it was a very much an indie movie where it, it was distributed by this company called Eagle Entertainment and Eagle Entertainment probably don't do business anymore. You know, like it's, okay. like, it's like the equivalent of like a, a, like a porn distributor, you know what <laughs> I mean? One of those in the pan ones. And he, this guy, it's, um, it's apparently a true story, but this guy, he suffered from this disease or disorder called depersonalization where he would go through life and he wouldn't actually, he felt like he was watching himself from the outside his whole life. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting because it's not a very good movie, but the whole theory behind the movie makes it good. Yeah. And it centers around the only way he can kind of feel human again is if he watches the most extreme part of like a, a porno. Okay. And, and that like draws. And that brings him back <laughs> to feeling human. And then when that moment passes, so like throughout his whole life, he just, just watches these segments of like pornographic films just to, to feel like a person again. It's very strange. Like a but drug. It's, yeah, it is. It, it, it is. It is. It's like a drug. And, and they call it depersonalization. I think that's the world as a whole is like with the simulation, that's what we're all suffering from. You know, we're feeling that we're not people anymore. You know, we're feeling like we're viewing our avatars, uh, but I could be going. I could be going. You know, I could be falling off the flat earth right now. Never mate, look, I totally. Um, yeah, no, look, I get that. I mean, the, the, the whole the whole porn angle threw me for a bit of a spin. I must admit, but the actual idea itself is is you know, um, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's. <laughs> um, I, I I spent many years in Sydney studying. You know. Um, traditional studies group it was called and it was just you know meditation and different self um, self remembering techniques and stuff like that you know it's been an hour on a Monday night and um, yeah you know it's, there's a that's a, that's an entirely different world like the world of the inner world and the outer world and they both exist and most people. Uh, ignore the inner world their their own inner world in a way and they yeah, do live definitely. like an avatar like it's like this meat suit running around and um yeah it's a, it's a, <laughs> like that's an entirely different conversation <laughs> mate you, you just you know to, to, to yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah sorry which is the purpose of all religion basically in my opinion like all it religion is. comes from that dichotomy of of existence um and maybe that's part of the problem in the world nowadays is you know Everyone's oh, a little hang bit on. out of touch with themselves. Oh. Maybe we all gonna sit down and take a big deep breath. <laughs> Pump your brakes on the on the religion. No, <laughs> uh, well, I'm not religious. I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of organized religion personally, but yeah. Well look, um I'm I'm much the same. We you know, without like talking about it without talking about it. Um whether whether this makes the cut or not, I, I think the you know, in my in my head, I've got no problem with religion. It's when people force religion. That's like oh, yeah. where I start absolutely. to like not agree no, with, with anything really. You know, like you could have, you know, it's like 
if you force me to, when I cracked an egg, to crush it and burn it and put it in my socks, and that was your way of living. <laughs> like, if you to do that, I wouldn't be on board. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, my mother you... told me the best explanation was when I was a kid because I was 12 and I was like, why do you go there? Why do you go there? And I, I don't, didn't want to go anymore. And she said, look, I don't go there for them. And I don't go there for, you know, because I believe everything that this bloke says. I go there because it's my hour a week where I can just go and sit with myself and, and, and pray and just do my own thing. And I'm like, wow, okay, fair enough. And, I, you know, that was the, to this day the best reason anyone's ever given me to go to church. That is. Yeah. That's so much better than crushing eggs and putting them in your socks. <laughs> I've been to church in the last 12 months, but I didn't go for them. You know, I'd go there because it was a nice place. I actually like churches. I I love churches. I love old churches. I love the architecture. I love them, you know. I just love going and sitting in that space. It's just beautiful. That's Um, that's my regret from, like, because I I went to South Australia and uh, the the regret is not because Adelaide's city of churches. And the the regret is like not seeing as many churches. I only seen two churches in a mm. city of churches. I only yeah. seen two. <laughs> well, it's probably more than most, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if you ever get over to Europe, you've been over to Europe. No, nah, I can't. I, I've uh, I've been grounded. Uh, <laughs> we've all been grounded, mate. <laughs> been grounded. Yeah. Um, Europe's the, amazing. This the, the the old the old cathedrals over there are just. It's just amazing places, and you know, if you can't, if anyone who can't walk into that place and acknowledge the awesomeness of it is kidding themselves. I think yeah. that's like that's like the best thing about it. The, the Sopranos taught me this is that you know the reason they've got like a lot of nice churches in like America is because all the immigrants they didn't design the churches or design the architecture, but they knew how to build it because they built the ones over there. Yeah. So they knew, you know, the Freemasons knew how to build all the all the things. You know, it was built into their mm. in, into into their learning. And you know, it's good to see that these immigrants brought. You know, it's off topic, but bringing something from their home mm. that made them feel at peace, and you know, and it's not so much about religion. It's bringing something from. It's like you know, if you go to hospital and you want your cuddly bear as a kid, you know, it's bringing it's bringing a comfort thing to a new place. Yeah. You know, yep. that's a, you know, it's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, it is. Sure. But is. look, I think we should we should change gears and we should talk because this is a hospitality podcast. Oh, is it? Well, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just that's what I've done the most in my life. You know, I've cooked. I think at this point it's even for poaching eggs and playing video games. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you, and this is from our our friend. Um, he he, well, he didn't want me to ask you, but he said you should probably mention. And he uh, wanted me to ask, um, and I think you know who I'm talking about. He's got no hair and a beard. <laughs> I'm chatting about because he does listen to it, Adam. Maybe this one's good. Um, how 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 did you start from going? Because you're a printer's apprentice. Yes. By trade. Mm-hmm. And then how did you make the leap into hospitality? Oh, painfully, mate. Um, <laughs> like, like, you, like I think like you referred to yourself earlier, I was a young and aimless teenager. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do. Did, finished year 12 and I, my father owned a small printing company, a couple of machines in, in South Hurstville. And he said he'd take me on as an apprentice if I wanted. And I said, yeah, I don't know what else to do, which I, so I did. And I, I was a printer for six years, um, qualified um, 
um, offset and um, letterpress printer. So uh, I um, I just didn't like it, mate. It was boring. I, you set a machine up and it just goes round and round and round and round. And <laughs> I'm look, I'm not on board with the whole printing. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. look, it was it was killing my soul in a very real way because yeah. it, I, I had I. I it was, um, there's a, like, you need a sense of accomplishment and meaning in, in what you're doing on a daily basis. And look, I, I enjoyed the process of printing, but it was yeah. extremely um, boring, mate. You could just, It'd be hard you, to get inspiration out of bold italics. Yeah. <laughs> look, you know, um, look, not to criticise it or anyone who does it, but it just didn't suit me. So I, I after six years, and very painfully said, look, I've got to go. I, I can't do this. Um, and uh, yeah, I sort of wandered for a bit. I took a job with Kerry Packer uh, in nice. Sydney, uh, working in his subscriptions department, which was a uh, shout out to the subscriptions department, shout out to Lizzie Sharp. What a she was amazing! <laughs> um, great boss. Um, I was there when his goal got robbed, I didn't do it. Um, when he got what? Hang on, go back. Well, he got robbed, his Park Street, uh. Building got robbed in the nineties, early nineties, and I uh, came to work one day. And there's cops everywhere, and and you see Packer out the front. He's beetroot red, pisses like <laughs> can't swear. Can I? Um, no, no, you got you just don't drop the f bombs or the c word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he um, he uh, got robbed. I don't know how much gold was taken, but far out. Uh, everyone, inside job, no doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so there for a year and a year, a year and a half, working bars as well, and just fell into hospitality through bars. And then I decided I wanted to be a chef, and met uh, Jock Zonflo, who's now hosting Master Chef. And uh, yeah, the rest is. Hang on, is he like the the skinny guy with the kind of five o'clock shadow? He's yeah, Scott. He's half the Scottish guy. Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for all you people out in uh, podcast land, is we'd always heard stories about Jock, but <laughs> none of us had ever seen him. <laughs> and and when you guys, your mentor, you know, and he he's talking so highly these things, you can't, you can never, you can never imagine who that. You know, you picture the guy nine foot tall, ten foot wide. You know what I mean? Like, you can't ever picture the person that your mentor looks up to, or like help yeah. you know help shape him and then you've said him and you said he's on master and he's a weedy dude dude he's oh yeah he's got he's got the old former heroin addict build and, um, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't addicted to heroin when i knew him but he was certainly addicted to a few other, might have been addicted to a few other things allegedly i don't know but uh I, I won't, <laughs> and, and if i did know i wouldn't say hey um, shout out jock if you listen to this mate. yeah no the guy's a legend he's a great example of someone pulling their life back together yeah, um, yeah. Just wrote a book. If anyone's interested, I'm not. I'm trying to. I should be getting kickbacks, but I'm not. Um, Man, I think you got, you got to send him an email and say, "Look, I, you know, I'm promoting book. I just have a piece here." <laughs> yeah, no. Look, he's a great chef, mate. He's brilliant and um, yeah, old school chef, um, highest caliber. Um, yeah, going off like old school. Do you feel? Old. I can I can fit no I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yes it's <laughs> <actually> yes <laughs> but there's another thing that 
Adam. Well, I said it to Adam and he was like, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, I'll ask him and I'll see if he will tell. There's, there's a famous story that involved an elevator. Would you want to uh, share it? Definitely not. Can't share that. No. <laughs> <laughs> not here. Sorry, guys. Maybe next time. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, too many... Um... Yeah, there was too many lawsuits involved, and no. <laughs> uh, I thought I'd try. I thought I'd try. I thought I'll, I'll get him here. And I'll see. Let's not, let's not say anymore. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, the hospitality industry in the late eighties, early early nineties, when I started, ninety um, one, whatever, whatever it was. Um, was just like a pirate ship. It's cleaning up a lot now. It's you can't get away with anything. It is. It is very. Used to get away with. Yeah, it's still yeah. it's still a pretty tough environment, and uh, made tougher by the fact that the the, the people are uh, not able to vent all of their uh, frustrations. Frustrations, and <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a tough job, and you need you need outlets, and as certain outlets are being shut down and they're probably going to crop up in other ways. But anyway. No, they are because the the main thing that I see, because when I was at that big hotel, we had a lot of um, like agency, like Templar chefs come in, in and out, in and out, all the big functions. They had like a massive conference center there and whatnot. And um, there would just be all the people that were just like cast out of like restaurants like turn up at agency and I'm not having to go at any agency stuff because there, there is a high percentage of them that are good and do do their job and are, you know, awesome. But there's a very small percentage of, you can just tell that they just, this was like the last resort yeah. and they're you know, trying to sell themselves on the idea. Mm. And some of the dudes were, you could tell that they've been kicked out of all these places. Eh? Yeah. Like there's, there's not many of them that I would want to give a job to. No, I know what even, you mean. Even back then, I'm sure you know. I'm not going to say, but there was <laughs> a story about this one guy, right? So we it was the middle of, because it's a big hotel and it's a, a Dr. Jerry Schwartz venue. Uh, during the Christmas holidays, we used to count the year by how many weeks were remaining until the next holiday, as I'm sure like you've done in some places. And, you know, it would be like, you finish the two week one and then you're right. All right. The next one's three weeks. And then you finish that one. So like, all right, the next one's two weeks. Then it's like, all right, guys, mm-hmm. we're going to prep up for the big six. And we were halfway through the Christmas holidays and it was, it was like murder. Day. It was like so hard, <laughs> you know, like thousand cover days, you know, just like working from like 10, 10 to 10, like every day, you know how it is. Yep. And this one guy, we would, we would stretch thin and I would, I said to my chef at the time, I was like, oh, I, I need someone. I just need someone to hold down the pizza section. And they were like, all right, I'll call agency. I'll see what I can get. And this dude rocked up, man. He had like the speed dealer sunnies on. He had like a backward <laughs> rock star cab. He come in charge him with like two rock star energy drinks, man. Like he was like Ken Block in the 2000s, man. Eh? Like, he was ripping <laughs> He like had his knives and like this tea towel with like a hairband. It's like, like holding them, like holding them together, like holding it closed. Comes in, is like, all right, mate, wh- where do you need me, chef? And I was like, oh, dude, I just need you to make the, I just need you on pizzas. Oh, no. And Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, you've got a docket machine there. You just make the pizzas and I'll tell you when to roll. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, bro. No worries, bro. No worries. And I said, 
with the pizzas, just less is more. So, you know, and he said, oh, you don't need to tell me to make pizzas, mate. I don't know how to make pizza. And I was like, look, no offense, but I tell everybody, you know, <laughs> and this is hospitality. Sometimes you need to speak to people like they're idiots. Oh, and, <laughs> and it's no one's fault. <laughs> That's the situation. You're getting railed and then someone comes in half, half cocked, you know, looking to drop some bodies. You got to like <laughs> put them in the way. And try. I said, and I said <laughs> less is more on the pizzas. Don't go too heavy. Comes out one piece. The outside's burnt. It's like, dude, you got to spread the, you got to spread it out, man, and not put so much because the base is fucked, dude. Make it again. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's fine, it's fine. I'd eat that. And I was like, well, I'm not sending it in. Go make another one, please. And you know, we start to get a bit, a bit busier, a bit busier. And he's like, there's cheese everywhere. There's pineapple. There's yeah. provolone, man. There's again, like, <laughs> <laughs> the section's exploded. <laughs> yeah, we had, like a double decker roll of pizza oven. There's like pizzas going in the top. I was like, dude, you got to tell me what you're rolling, man. Hey, I'm telling you what to roll. You tell me what's rolling now. Yeah, no worries, bro, no worries. Just like hands me these dockets. I'm like, give me your dockets then. You know, if you're not going to tell me, give me your dockets. Gives me these dockets, man. And he gives them in like a scrumped up ball, like he was handing me a water fire. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nap sauce, like all through it, cheese, man. Oh. I'm trying to like, pick through these dockets, like trying to sort out, trying to line them up with mine. Wow. And I get this docket and I give it to him. And I'm like, dude, you need to make these pizzas. These guys have. Um, you don't have that token over there. So, like, make these ones. Like, nah, mate, I've made it. I've made it. It's done. It's done, that token. I was like, dude, it came in two minutes ago. Make yeah. the pizza. <laughs> and, you know, didn't hear boo from him for the night out, dude. Eh? Oh, wow. Uh, the wild time, man. It was like the wild west. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's the worst of them. That's, that's the worst of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's uh, it's a team. It's a team. It's no. It's not a solo expedition. <laughs> it is. It is. It is, and it's all about the team. You know, yeah. like it's a tight knit crew and it's a family. Yeah. You know, we live in. I said this on my last episode, but like in hospitality, it's like you're living the Fast and the Furious, where your friends become <laughs> your family. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally living in each other's back pocket uh, all day and all night. And, you know, if one person's got BO, then, you know, we're all smelling it. So We, we all have to live for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, it's a great industry. It's been good to me. I'm, uh, uh, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it happens. It's all changing. Like everything else, it's going to be an interesting change. Uh, um, we're all going to be working for HelloFresh, me and I. That's the, that's the future of like hospitality. I think in the next like 10, 15 years, I think restaurants yeah. will be restaurants will be a hard thing to pull off if okay. like we keep going the way we're going. Like just with the the price of food, even. Yeah, well, know? that was always yeah. That's 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 true. Price of food really is. People haven't been paying what they should be for for a night out for a long time. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It um, is. Yeah. And because the demand is so high for people that want good food to go and eat out and then they experience it then they get this ticket at the end and they go, well, I could have just done that at home and that ends their experience. They never do it yeah. again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the, um, the industry is going to change. It's going to, it's going to change radically. Automi- automi- um, automation, uh, AI. God knows. Yeah. Like, have you seen the yeah. burgers, the, the machines they got over in Japan and, and yeah. Asia now that make burgers and, and deep fried chips? And like, it's like, 
You, but you can, you could, you could, you could build. And I've actually thought about it. You know, you could build a hole, a hole in the wall, chip machine. Yeah, yeah, now, you could because yeah. they've got the self cleaning deep fryers at McDonald's. Mm. Well, yeah, they've got these machines over in in, in Asia. They're coming, mate. It's all going to be. So you know, <laughs> they'll still be chefs, but there's not going to be like the people. There's a lot of people that call themselves chefs now that won't be needed. Exactly. And like the biggest thing, like when I was younger was getting that ticket, getting the cert three, getting the cert four, like getting that ticket was like, when you got that, you not only earned it among your peers, but you earned it as far as your your education was concerned. Mm. And that means less and less these days. eh? Mm. Like most qualifications, like Graduating from year twelve means well, less uh, and less these days. Do you remember though, in Canberra when they 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 uh, the visa requirements changed and you know not to blame at all any of the people who came and got <laughs> visas, but the government changing the restrictions. It was they did a year and or a year and a half full time, all day every day at college with no yep. hands on practical experience. Yeah, and then came and. Worked in the kitchen for seven hundred hours, was it? Yeah, and, and they were qualified. Yeah. And I think we both know someone whose last name rhymes with lava that did that did that course. Who? The last <laughs> name rhymes rhymes with what? Lava. Oh, who am I thinking of? He. Uh, he... Can, tell me, tell me, tell me afterwards. But yeah, I'll tell you after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked for some people. There were some people who did it. Um, there, I know. Remember, shout out Ali came at, at Olam's. Ali uh, P boy. Yeah, uh, he was already he could already cook, but yeah, to get the qualifications in the country, he went, I believe, went that way as well. But he was already qualified anyway. I think he's whole he's been cooking for years. Um, yeah, I think it was. I, I feel like his family owned. Yeah, and not like too stereotypical of like <laughs> Asian people or like Indian people owning like restaurants but in their respective was, country family you had a family the family were in, 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 in the industry so he was yeah but he was great he's a shout out lovely guy he's um, cool guy. great yeah. guy um but the majority of people came through that were terrible and it just diluted the quality of chefs in canberra and i'm sure yeah. all around the country yeah you lost faith yeah i lost a lot of faith when i left canberra well, and then like we lost we lost oh, teachers at the at the CIT. I mean, I know one of the, uh, the bloke who was running the uh, the school, and he he quit. You know, it was like he said, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so was but that they changed it. the they Scottish guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. I won't shout out any names because uh, yeah, yeah, careful because I can't tag everybody in the show. No, but you know, <laughs> mention, mention, mentioning his public uh, quit. Uh, see, I, do, I won't mention his name, but it, it was terrible. And they, they stopped yeah. it after about five or six years, I think, uh, maybe a bit longer. Um, no, it, the program ran for a long time. I remember that because it tickled over into New South Wales for a bit, eh? mm. like that whole uh, kind of uh, visa trainee scheme. Like we had a similar one uh, where I was and they would come over, they would work for a year and then they would go to another um, hotel property and do a year there, and then they did the six months of school, and that was it. Yeah. So they didn't have to touch the TAFE or the CIT for the two years, only the back six months, mm. and that was that was their thing. And they didn't have to work for that six months either. Like the, that's what the hotel group paid. Yeah, right. Yeah, so paid them nothing for two mm. years and paid for their training. 
Like I knew someone who got someone out on a visa and had them working on a farm. Uh, uh, complaints were made to relevant bodies and that person was... <laughs> but, you know, it's just like he was literally using him as a farm slave. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was terrible. And wrecked, See, in that, that circumstance... And wrecked wages in our industry too, mate. What they did was influx of chefs with qualifications that... Yeah. That artificially put a downward pressure on what would normally be a market-driven uh, price, like uh, pay rise. I mean, when there's a shortage, you have to pay more, and then yeah. wages go up. But that artificially put a downward pressure on it, and wages haven't changed it, in 15, 20 years. It is. We we last seen a pay rise in um, 2000. It was when I was in Canberra, actually. So it was 2009. Mm. I think that was it was 2009 2010 I'm I'm sure I'm about I'm 70 30 actually because <laughs> I remember yeah, it's good there. enough it's good enough it's got to be true <laughs> <laughs> 70 30 I think um that, that we did see the pay increase and then yeah. I was like oh industry to be a part of we get pay increases and then <laughs> that was the last one I've seen yeah. it was my first and last one yeah, well, you know, it's, the, the industry's yeah, it's under a lot of pressure, mate. I don't know where it's going to go. It's going to be a very interesting couple of years, next next decade, that's for sure. It is, and yeah. it's going to be hard because there's been a lot of kids that I've I've seen that have like gone out of the industry to follow a different career path to because they can make money and yeah. they are a quarter of the stress that a kitchen holds. Yeah. You well, know. you know, just start thinking sideways, mate. There's lots of opportunities opening up with technology. Um, yeah yeah there is yeah so, well look at this this is my um yeah good to step sideways yeah well, I'm, I'm, I'm step sideways i'm going back at university now are you yeah finishing off my bachelor's degree i never finished years ago oh no <laughs> yeah. that'd be good you know that's inspirational man hey eh? because like my um my wife she's um almost at the end of her first year of a, of a postgraduate law degree oh nice yeah, so she a similar thing, you know. She always wanted to be uh, same, same, different. Mm. But she um, she wanted to be a lawyer when she was a little girl, and then she thought, you know what, there might never be a time like this mm. to like that opportunity. So she applied for it and, and got in, and now she's she's doing it. It's hard. It looks hard. <laughs> well, you know how hard could it be? Have you met lawyers? <laughs> Sorry, I'm very biased. I'm currently going through a family law case that I can't discuss. But uh, yeah, not a fan of lawyers. I don't, yeah, uh, um, family law lawyers. Anyway, other lawyers. I know plenty of other great lawyers. Criminal lawyers, excellent. Family law. Family law lawyers, not so good. Nah, it's you know. Oh, I won't speak about it. But um, <laughs> I, I would if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I'm, I'm on record with the family court as to my opinion of them and what I call the family law industrial complex that they have created. But um, well, that's a, yeah, that's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> this is, you know, we might do a, you know, a, a Kurgan's family law tutorial. Well, I might, I might make my own podcast, my friend, and you can be my first guest, and we can discuss the family court. <laughs> Oh, of course. I'd love to, honestly. <laughs> no, we can discuss better things than that, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty more going. That's what I think. You know, like there's so much going on in the world that we can, you know, yeah. entertain ourselves with other news. Mate, but, uh, there'll be just, uh, it's only going to get weirder. You know, and look at Trump's coming <laughs> back. Um, <laughs> um, you know. I know that he, um, he hosted, sorry, he guest commentated a boxing event with Anderson Silver and Vitor Belfort, like oh. famous MMA guys. You're kidding. When was that? Um, 
or two weeks, I want to say. Oh, and wow. Anderson flatlined Tito Ortiz. You know Tito Ortiz? Yep. Flatlined him, man. 90 seconds. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Dead a spider. As well. Not MMA, boxing, sorry. And um, this was like his first outing since like post-presidency. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see how he goes back from being, you know, POTUS to see here how he comes back as, you know, the the celebrity apprentice dude, you know yeah, what I mean? Or the yeah. apprentice. So be int- it's an interesting transition to see him go from president to, to see if he can be like the um, just a pop celebrity that yeah. he was, a, the cultural icon. That I, don't he think kind he of could, is. I don't think he could go back to that. Not permanently. He had a taste. No. He wants it. He wants it. <laughs> he wants it back. Like DJ. <laughs> DJ Trump, man, he's he's coming back in a big way as well. He's saying some big things on Twitter. He's gonna drive them all insane. It'll be the end. Yeah. Of, it'll be the end of the left in America. That they'll just have a collective implosion. Ah, yeah. it's getting... But anyway, look, <laughs> I think we'll great. wrap up it's, on that point. It's great. <laughs> look, anyone who's not paying attention to US politics should, because I've not stopped laughing for five years. I think. <laughs> It's, it's, it's been good. a it's been a ride. Uh, it's been good. Yeah. But look, so this episode and this episode has brought us all together, and we've all learned so much about each other. And I just want to say, because if you're not getting the vibe, James, we're going to end. I get the vibe, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> and I just, I just want to thank you for taking the time today and speaking to me. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it, and we should do it again soon. We'll do yeah, it again soon. Definitely, and hopefully over a couple of beers one day. Uh, hopefully there's some cold ones exchanged. <laughs> hopefully. I'll, I'll get the first round. I'll say it live on air. You, you got the last round, mate. Did I get the last one? You got the last uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Last time I saw you. <laughs> so, look, if, if you have enjoyed the show, and you've enjoyed all these conversations, you can actually go to uh, Spotify, Google, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music. You can go anywhere on those. You can go to Stitcher. You can go anywhere you can find podcasts. And you can go and you can find a whole back catalogue of episodes that uh, I have done with some special guests, some not so special guests, some with me, some with the other voice that I do. You know, who knows what you'll find in that marvelous back catalog stuff but if you really want you can if you want to follow it further you can go to uh instagram and you can follow the journey at my mind podcast the instagram which is my mind podcast with no vowels that's m-y-m-n-d-p-d-c-s-t you can go there or twitter under the same moniker or facebook you can go to facebook and you can like the like the my mind with Stephen taylor page or the my mind with Facebook group. I can't remember which is which, so either one, go share your thoughts, whatever. Um, and if you've got, if you want to leave a review, you can do that on iTunes as well and hit the sub- subscribe button and little bell thing that you do. And look, this next, we're, we're coming soon. We've got some t shirts, we've got some merchandise. Yeah, we've got some merchandise coming. And it's just going to be my, my mug on some t shirts. Maybe we'll try and put some quotes on the t shirts as well. We'll see how far we can get. Trying to see how far I can drag um, our, our friend um, JRB uh, Joshua Roy Barlow to try and uh, I'll have to pay him some art, but hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he can design some cool shirts for me. 
we can we can get some merchandise on the way. But um, that that's it. That's it. So in, enjoy your week. And this has been a very good show, I think. And I want to thank you again, James, for your time. My pleasure, mate. Thank you, Chef. And uh, yeah, Josh, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll talk to you soon, mate.